Greetings, happy and beautiful people. It is Essie Love, finally on here in a new decade, new year. Happy new decade and happy new year. Happy 2020 to all of you that will listen to this. Um, doing a brand new episode um, for the Love of Mustard podcast. It has been forever since I've been on here. And so I'm just so thankful to be back. I'm in the car. I'm doing things that, you know, driving around in this um, in this time of our nation where I really wish I would be could be home but I'm on, on the way home anyway um but yeah I'm out and about so if you hear car noises behind or in the you know in this on this podcast my apologies um but anyhow I hope this reaches you guys in the best spirits in the best way possible I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and what a way to you know I don't know welcome in a decade a new decade but I'm just you know what as many people have said and and you know, from preachers to evangelists, just to people um, all around, neighbors and um, us as a nation, we have, we what we do best is when we come to times like this or where we're in times like this, we tend to band together. We tend to um, love each other more. <laughs> we tend to band together in such a way that appreciates another party, like our frontliners or, you know, we're, we're doing things and, and seeing each other, I don't know, like just really gel in a way that brings us together to fight together, to walk together, to move together, to breathe together the best way we know how possible and to respect each other. So though we're in a time of crisis, I totally um, like seeing how as people, we know how to, we know how to, how to cohabitate in, in a way that brings respect to each other. So, and, and thanking people and being grateful for people, like I said, like our frontliners and but not only the frontliners in our hospitals, our medical facilities, in our supermarkets, in our fast food restaurants, in our establishments that are still working, even though they're working behind closed doors, you know, like our banks and GameStop. I mean, you know, because some of us had to buy games for the Wii, age old Wii, for our, our kids to be able to play and be entertained. So people like that, I, you know, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the, you know, DoorDash, people that are still putting themselves out there because they have to work because they need to work. Um, I'm thankful for that. I'm really grateful and that God will just protect you guys, all of us, you know, all every last one of us protect us as we come in and go out. And um, of course, it always points me back to God. I mean, not that, oh, during crisis, we should point back to God. But a lot of times that's what tends to happen. We just start to look at God to say either why or God, thank you for keeping me. Or so either we have questions or we have statements or we just, you know, we wonder or we're, we're wanting answers and we, it tends to take us back to, to look to God. So that would be one thing I would say um, that, you know, even though, you know, there has been sadness and there people have lost their lives and have been affected by this negatively. Um, it's just one thing I would say it's most important is that we still keep our eyes and we look to God and we turn to God, um, not with anger in our hearts um, or a, a, a buttload of questions that we already know that may not even be answered, but more like, God, help me to see and help, help me to see what I need to see. Help me to what should, out of this situation should we learn and take away? Um, it's easier said than done, but, but the key to that, to that statement is it can be done. It just has to be, it has to be an intentional thing to do just to say, God, help me understand. Or if not, help me understand, help me to get through this day by day with grace, right? So be encouraged, be empowered. Um, I have found 
and I hope that you guys have. I have found that I have been doing things that I have never thought I was going to do. Um, and I think good things. Um, I've also, you know, found that some of my friends have, you know, revisited their loves, um, their old loves, like doing hair and nails and, um, you know, whether it's fashion or cooking or something that we have loved doing, but because of life, we get so busy and we don't get to do it anymore or we just don't have time to do it. And so now this, this time where people have to either be quarantined or have to be stay at home or unfortunately have lost their jobs and don't know what to do. Now they're being creative way like, like kudos to the creativity that comes out of this. I mean, there's so many great things that happen that have happened and happening. Like, um, and I'll go back to the things that I, that I've, learn to do or whatever but you know like nascar for instance let's just take them like what was what is it called um something racing where they're doing racing like from their homes on their um computers not track racing whatever it was called but i was like how interesting is that so they'll race each other like a video game post it and people will still tune in like the creative things are out of this world and i think that that's what i love focusing on so for me for example i and I don't know if I've ever said this on any of my other podcasts, but you know, I'm a city slicker. I don't do birds. I don't like birds. I hated pigeons growing up. I still don't do pigeons. So every bird in my, in my purview was like a pigeon. I don't care if it was a canary pigeon, um, like peak, uh, uh, a toucan pigeon. Everything's a pigeon. It's, if it's a bird, it's a pigeon, right? So I despise them because they fly around your head and they're just rude. They're disrespectful especially those geese. Oh my goodness. Those geese like out of this world. So over Christmas, my, my middle daughter, she got a bird feeder cause she likes, you know, she likes nature. Go figure. Mommy doesn't, but she does. So she likes nature. She likes animals and all this. And so she got a bird feeder, a really cool bird feeder too, um, for Christmas. And so because of this time, she's like, Oh, can we, well, not because of it. Actually, we, yeah, I think it was right when we it hit, it was like, I got the bird feeder. Can we put some bird food out there? And I was like, you know, let's do it. Whatever. Let's just, you know, whatever. Let's get it. And we got it um, maybe like a month and a half ago. And let me tell you, like, just to see the birds come and eat. And the minute it was put out, okay, the bird feed is outside in our backyard in our tree. It was put out. Like, those birds take no time. It's like they smell it. I don't even know how because it's just the bird feeder is not a typical bird feeder. It looks, it's a big bird head and um it's like red and brown it's cute and it lays up against the tree and i try to do that just so that way you know other animals don't come and see it but it's really cool and so at first like the birds were kind of like um i don't even know about this big bird head i don't even know if it's a real bird so they were a little skeptical but then afterwards it was just like oh they got food up in there yes so they come every day the cardinals are really cute because they call like they call each other or they'll do the little bird call for those of you that have bird feeders i mean as you can see i'm so green to this so i like seeing them like call each other to say look there's food out here come get it um what are the other gray and black birds they're a little feisty um i forgot what my daughter said those those were they will come and eat forget calling anybody it's all about them it's like i'm here to eat bump you so you know what i'm saying to each its own you know I've learned like a little bit of bird personality and it really reminds me of us as people because this is what we do so it's been nice to take a look at nature in a different way and now every bird is not considered a pigeon in my eyes thank god (laughs) so that's been nice um also what did I do oh so of course I love to cook and um yesterday was my first time making a pizza not from scratch I mean I used the pizza crust dough like in the Pillsbury 
I don't even think it's Pillsbury. It might be Pillsbury. But, like, you know, like, you get Pillsbury muffins. So, it's the pizza crust. And so, I was like, you know what? Y'all, let's make pizzas. Because we have pizza Fridays in our house. But because of this whole thing, we have not been buying pizza from anybody. My husband is like, absolutely not. If they're making it and they can breathe over it, it's a no. So, yesterday was cool because... I got a pizza thing for each of my children so they can make their own pizzas the way they want it. Got the ingredients, all this stuff, all this homemaker stuff that I literally have never really done before because I haven't had a a reason or maybe I had a reason, but I just was like, nah, I'm not doing all that. I'm not, you know, Susie homemaker. So um, we've never done that. But just having the opportunity to, to even be excited about the idea to do that totally made me so happy and so I had to go back out because apparently everybody wanted pizza yesterday so I could not find any can any um any uh pizza crust but I went to four stores the fourth store had one can left so I was able to make the pizza the way I wanted to and it was so ridiculously delicious so anyhow those are little things I'm just saying that I just feel like it's it can be a blessing versus a curse and to some degree um that we are and then I'm seeing like also nothing like a lot of people are out people are enjoying themselves like bike riding I have never seen going to Walmart literally guys like the bikes are gone the adult bikes so in my neighborhood I haven't seen half the people that that have come across our like my street it's so cool um a lot of the elderly people are out here riding bikes or on, on some people on rollerblades not elderly but some of the older people I'm not I want my roller skates and rollerblades back, so I'm looking for some. You know, it's just it's nice to see people that are out. We're getting out of our houses and we're doing things more community. Um, at least where I am. So I wanted to um I wanted to share this message that I hope truly blesses and blesses you and empowers you and encourages you. Um, because it encouraged me. Um I and I don't know if I said on my other podcast, I was let go of my let go from my job in 2016. I worked at a law school and I've same place that I graduated from law school from and um when they let me go it had taken I mean it taken a toll on me not having a job maybe around 2018 maybe 17 18 um I hadn't had really consistent work gainful employment since then I've had a few things done a few things I've done Uber Eats and Postmates um I have uh let's see I've worked at a legal legal consulting firm doing document review and but here and there you know nothing like I said very consistent well this year like in February about January February I applied to the airport and I was super excited about the opportunity only so I can finally have a job to start paying back like a lot of my debt you know just being able to get back back to financial like um just a a consistent financial state where I can pay my bills on time um, and not have to, you know, take the help from family and friends. Because, I, you know, it's like nothing, not, not like being independent. It really wears on you, especially for people who are super independent. So I applied for the job. I, um, airport is easy. Well, let me say this. Piedmont Airlines, which I applied to, wasn't a very um, strenuous process. But, you know, um, i did apply for the job and I did get it um well another part of it and so I had uh let me see did the interview I had an orientation that was like third week of February but right prior to that I um I got a phone call from you know a colleague 
um, and said, hey, would you mind helping me? She's a lawyer, you know, on one of these, um, one of my cases, I have a question regarding financial aid. And I was like, oh, sure, no problem. So I go in there and we're talking and whatever. And at the end of the conversation, um, I was telling her about, you know, finally going, finally, hopefully getting a job. I have orientation in three days to get back on track, just to get back to life. Not planning on staying there because my, my, my dream, my calling, my, my passion is to do mission legal, um, mission 43, five and eight, which is what I do. And so this is just an opportunity to then get back to the people that I owe, get them paid, get my coffer, my financial coffers built up and then move forward in the business that I do. But so when we were talking, um, she stated, listen, you know, like she offered me a, a, an assistant position and I was surprised and shocked. And I was like, oh, I came in here for one thing and I'm leaving now potentially with another gig. And, you know, it would be more than what I would be making at the airport. And I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what should I do? My husband was all for it. You know, like he was like, Essie, yes. The answer is yes. Go, go, go. Because not that I'm beneath working at the airport, but you, for what I for what I should be doing and what God has called me to do and with my law degree and and with you know where I should be that wasn't it that wasn't going to being at the airport at least in hindsight is not something that would have filled the toolbox that I needed for what I was doing and where I was going you know right I would I was a, I would have been a ramp agent you know slinging bags clink um, under the air you know slinging bags up under the plane, cleaning the toilets and all that stuff. And again, nothing that's beneath me because I don't think there's, there's any job beneath anybody. But what do I need right now to be able to move forward in what I'm doing? So um, this was a, a law firm. This is right in the alley that I needed. Like, why would I not say, yes, God, you surprised me. Like, I'm looking at it as a blessing, but I'm a little apprehensive because I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I kind of got like, I kind of got a little happy about the whole free plane tickets. How vain is that and all the other you know all of the other um discounts I could have gotten with them it's a buttload of discounts I'm like yeah kind of like I I kind of wanted to keep that like you know what I'm saying so anyway I was like but this is probably what I need and um you know so I did say yes I went home and um I was really excited but still very apprehensive and my husband was so happy because for him and what he shared with me later was he had prayed for this he had prayed that God would Put, you know, like would um, not stop me from getting a position or stop me from going to the airport, but that God would intervene and interfere and would put something in my lap that really was something that I needed. So all his intention was so wonderful. And then to see like I get a phone call, I get offered something that he had prayed for right before I was supposed to go that same week, okay, like two days before, two or three days before I was supposed to go, I was offered this position. It was like his answers were prayered. It had to be nothing but God. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, now I feel terrible even considering not to even do it. And I did. And I, it was good. It was, I was happy. Um, his first few days were awesome. And then not too soon after, as all things go, what happens, all things good tend to come down just a little bit. But before that, I was like, you know what, Lord, the scripture came to mind, you know, the Lord make it, well, actually it did not come to mind at that, at that moment. It was well into maybe like a week or two into me working. Um, I was so empowered. I was so like, oh my God, God, thank you for this. Because I've never worked at a law firm. I didn't have time to, I worked full time and I didn't have that opportunity. I just know that I'm, I'm made and, and I was, you know, 
quilted with all of this. Like I was made for this. So there was nothing more than me saying, oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely this is my field of, this is the field that God has has me in. But I, um, I never had the opportunity to work in a law firm. So anyway, um, I, uh, I was happy first few weeks, you know, it was fine first week or so it was fine. And then all of a sudden I felt like the bottom opened up and I was, I don't know. I was just, I was too through. I was, I was dropping balls here left and right. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, this is not like me, but at the same time, I didn't get the training that I needed. Um, this would be, I would have, I would consider it like more on the job training. So basically trial and error and is how I saw it because I didn't, I didn't get the training that I needed, but although I knew certain things, I still need any job that you go to, you need to have training, whether you come with experience or not. That's just my, my firm belief. You still need to train on the systems. You still need to train on the process that this individual does it different from this individual. And I didn't have the opportunity to have that, but I know that I'm capable. I know that I'm, I'm able, I just don't want to mess up on someone else's, um, you know, like someone, someone else's job. I don't want to mess up on someone else's um, track record because that would be dropping the ball for them. Um, not so much for me. So I did the, the bottom fell out and I was just like, man, this is not feeling good. This is a colleague of mine. Um, I don't want there to be any bad blood, but at the same time, there are so many things that I don't know because I haven't been taught. And and if I, you know, me asking questions is not bad, but it's also not, um, it's almost like I don't have the time for this. So I had to figure it out. And in a lot of ways I started turning into this monster, um, at home and with myself. And I started getting angry and upset that maybe I did not take this position at the airport, but then lo and behold, after the, at literally a week after here comes the pandemic. Here comes the conversation that the airport's not, you know, going to have to lay off people. And, you know, it's like, it was like a slap in my face. Cause I'm like, here I am being, I'm complaining. I'm, and I'm upset at the fact that I took something maybe that I shouldn't have taken, but I feel bad because I mean, I was prayed for and God, you intervened and you did good, but, um, you did good because this is good for me. I, there's something I need to learn from this, you know, being here and I got to put tools in my toolbox. And it doesn't mean that every time you put tools in your toolbox, that things are going to always go well. So I'm complaining on one end, but I'm being thankful on the other end because now I still have a job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is going on? Like now the world is changing and, and like right before our eyes. And so, and I'm getting there guys, just hang on with me. So, you know, I'm just going through a lot of different emotions and, um, I was in the car one day on the way to, to the courthouse, well, to the post office and to the courthouse. And in, in that moment, I felt, I, you know, I said to God, I said, God, you know, how is it that it's like you feel so empowered one minute, but you feel imprisoned the next minute or in that same, in that same vein, you feel imprisoned by being empowered, but I'm in prison. I don't get it. And so this, the message in which I wanted to share was, it, and what it's titled, and you'll see it, it's called Empowered Imprisonment. Um, so my prayer and my conversation to God was, Lord, every single day I have to come do this. Like, help me not to be angry. Help me to be, you know, just help me to be thankful because there's something I need to learn. There's something I need to, to learn in this situation. There's something I need to learn here. I need to put in my toolbox. I get that. I don't know how long it'll it'll be for, but help me to be more grateful and thankful to learn than to not and because of the, the experience itself, right? So now I'm there's this empowered imprisonment in my mind. And I, you know, I even spoke to some of my friends who had shocked me, who had um 
in that one moment, I spoke to one of my friends and it was like, you know, she ministered to me and she had never ministered to me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, God, I hear you. You God, you use the people who you choose to use for me to hear you. And she, you know, her conversation was no, because I said to her, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I won't do this. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give the keys back. And she was like, no, absolutely not. There's a reason why you're here. You're going to do this. You're going to take from whatever God has for you to take. And you're going to put it where it needs to be put. But you can do this. You were made for this. And in that moment, I was just like, oh, dear God, I, I wanted to cry. I didn't want to cry in that moment because I knew I had work to do. But I wanted to cry because I was like, God, I hear you. And then other people, my mom and, you know, just different folk were saying you can. God was saying, yes, you can. I have you here for a reason, a reason. And I'm thinking of it as something that would have been like tangible, right? Because we always think, sometimes I know I think it's always something tangible, but not so. There are so many intangible things that God has for us to be able to receive that we're looking for one thing and it always comes in a different form, right? So anyway, um, I, you know, fast forwarding. So now, of course, I, you know, I don't have to worry about being laid off from the airlines. I'm thankful the pandemic has hit and it's getting crazy. And now I have turned into, or many of us have now, um, taking on the homeschool teacher life. And so I have three kids and I'm like, oh crap, God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do both? You know, like how be at the office, but then be home because I have to be, I have to teach my kids, you know, and, and the teachers, God bless them. I thank you for them. I forgot to thank them in my frontliner conversation, but so now I feel more overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm banging my head. I'm, I'm not doing as best as I feel I could could be doing but I'm doing the best that I can that what I can give and I'm but I'm also feeling very like I have this I don't care attitude anymore because I'm like I don't know what else to do right like (laughs) I can't control what's been what's happening in the world um but there were a few things that I was picking up um just from my experience with my colleague and things that I know that I probably was reaping some seeds that I had sown and I have sown over the years and I was so thankful to be able to have learned that you know Watch how you talk to people. Watch how you treat people. Be mindful of the way that you make people feel. Um, Be mindful of the way that you may devalue people in your speech and with your tongue and with your attitude and, and how, you know, because there's one thing to, to do it. There's another thing to receive it. So some of what I learned, I'll just, and I'll put this in there real quick is I have over the years devalued people the way that I speak to people because I can be very hardcore, very hard and very like whatever it is, what it is, it's tough love. That's not tough love. That's just being nasty and disrespectful, right? No one likes to be talked to like they're a piece of crap. So when it was happening to me, I was like, okay, I wasn't, I was not responding to it the way that I would normally respond because I, because one, I realized, Essie, this is how you treat people. And you know what? It takes someone to put their big huge humongous hot air balloon panties on big girl big hot air balloon panties on and say okay I can take the seeds that I've sown back at me okay so I'm going to watch how I talk to my family I'm going to watch how I talk to people how I treat people because honestly speaking it doesn't feel good to be able to to be treated in a way that you feel like is unnecessary and not say something back right so that's one huge nugget, an intangible nugget, but a huge nugget that I took from that. And I was like, I really, really need to be mindful because I'm not mindful at times. And then I walk away from it. And then hours later, because thank God for Jesus, the conviction comes over me to say that was unnecessary. So one huge nugget, 
watching how I treat people like I want to be treated. I always tell my kids this, but then you walk away, you don't practice what you preach, right? So I've been, I will say that God has been helping me to remind my, to be, to be reminded of treat people like you want to be treated regardless of, regardless of whether or not they are treating you like you want to be treated, treat people like you want. Those are seeds that have to be sown in order to be able to reap that harvest. So that's one thing. But the, but what I believed, what I truly believe, right, that God is the empowered imprisonment, and, and I'm getting to it real, in, in a few seconds, what I believe was so beautiful at the very, very end of this. But so I'm like, okay, okay. So now at this point, I'm like, okay, God, maybe the reason why I'm here is because you knew, well, obviously, this pandemic was coming and I wasn't going to have the job at the airport, bump the airline tickets, <laughs> free airline tickets, and all the discounts I was going to get. You already knew that. So in a way to preserve your daughter, you made sure that I had something that I could still do. I could work from home and I'm thankful for because what all those other people that can't work from home and that, you know, I would have been one of those here again, not having consistent employment. So in any case, you know, it was, it was a lots of ebbs and flows, even working from home, but, um, I had the opportunity to do so and I'm very thankful for it. So it started getting to a place where working from home was way more challenging because now it's overwhelming. I, my kids come first, but at the same time, I've been given a commitment to work and I don't feel like I'm, that commitment is where it needs to be. And I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. And I know that my colleague needs somebody to be ever present, like 110%. And I can't give that at that, at this time. Um, and nothing's certain because finances change. This whole thing is changing everyone's pockets, right? Almost from the richest to the poorest. And the poorest, they're already poor. So really, I wouldn't even include them in this from the richest to the middle class. And so it's, you know, this pandemic doesn't know color. It doesn't know finances. It just knows some people are going to lose a lot and some people are going to gain and some people are not. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, maybe this is why you had me do this, right? Because I'm being empowered, like this empowered imprisonment, God, like help me understand this because it was, it dropped in my heart so heavily, the empowered imprisonment. And the, and the gratefulness I have, but that's not it. Cause I'm still working. So it, it came to the point where not too long ago, it's about a week or oh, about a week and a half ago, I had to put it out, you know, I had to put it out there. Listen, um, I had to make a decision. What am I going to do? I'm not working on what I'm supposed to be working on. And there's no guarantee that I'm going to have employment because you know, it's changing the way we do business now, you know, um, and I don't know if I'm going to be here, but at the same time, I'm not giving my all. And I need to return back home as far as me, my attention span, my kids need me, um, my business needs me. I haven't been able to do what I'm doing and I don't want to move ahead of God, but at the same time, I don't want to feel like I am, I'm feeding more of the imprisonment side than the empowerment side. I don't want to stay longer because of the fear of not having, because the only reason why I have what I have is because of God. The only reason why I have the finances I have is because of God. I am not going to live in the fear of God has carried us all the way through here. Why would I doubt that he would not take care of us now? So I didn't want to, to, to move forward without God, but I also didn't want to let my fear keep me being a prisoner because one, you know, for many reasons, one, the finances, but two, God blessed my husband and his prayer. And I didn't, I did not, and my family needed me to be able to do my financial part because I haven't been able to do it for so long. So I'm like, what God do I do? What, God, you've got to do this. And when it's time for me to go, you've got to do this. But, um, I did this, you know, I did make a decision that, you know, and, and the agreement was there that April 30th would be my last day. The April 30th, 2020 would be my last day. Today's April 25th. And last, this I, you know, I worked up, um, I worked on the 17th. I worked until last Friday and 
Thursday the 16th, or no, Friday the 17th, I'm sorry, Friday the 17th, or Thursday, either way, I was speak. I spoke to a potential client on the phone, and she has, what a testimony she has, and I hope and pray that if she listens to this podcast, and I know I'm talking so long, but this is a really important message, I hope that if she listens to this, she will be encouraged and empowered to do what we talked about on the phone, but I was speaking to her, and she has, um, she's experienced so much, so much, but God has brought her so far. Far. And I'll share this, you know, up to the point of wanting to commit suicide in another country. She, I, you know, and I, and I, again, she is such a testimony, like all of us do. All of us have our stories and our walks, and we're in it right now. And as I'm talking to her, getting her, you know, her claim, um, I'm just getting the facts about what it, or what, what she alleges. Let me just say what she alleges, um, and the facts um, pertaining to her about why she is calling for legal assistance. We started talking. And, um, it got to the point where I asked if I could pray for her. She's a believer and she was sharing her story, you know, after, as she was sharing her, like I said, she was giving me the facts of what happened. Um, the alleged facts, um, she started sharing her story and it moved me to pray and say, like, can I pray for you? And we prayed and, and, and it was such a beautiful moment, um, I don't know her. I never, I've never seen her. Um, we did connect um, in a way that was, I, you know, that I, I would be able to hopefully connect with her even now. I mean, um, but that moment was God. It was such a God moment. And she was so moved and touched that she asked if she could give me a gift. And she sang me a song. She sang Ave Maria. And I had tears in my eyes. I was so touched by her gift um, because she felt moved. She felt within the inside of her that she said she heard the Lord say, sing something that she has, she used to do, but she had stopped doing because of the things that were plaguing her life and plaguing her, you know, her trials and her tribulations have caused her maybe has caused her not to do some of the things that she has a love for, has she been gifted for. And it was so beautiful and so organic. And so it was so authentic. It moved both of our spirits. I connected over the phone. Just, it was out of this world. And I couldn't, I, I, I could not do anything with it. I just was like, God, this is so you. And she kept saying, oh my God. Like she just kept saying, I needed to speak to you like this had to happen today because there were so many things that were inside of her that I spoke to or prayed for that the spirit did that I, I just, he just used me as a vessel and I'm not, and I'm not, um, please understand. I am not puffing myself up. It was just that moment of, Oh dear God, what an empowerment, what an empowerment. And then it hit, then it hit. This is why I couldn't move yet. This is why I couldn't, because I had to speak to her. I had to speak to her. I had to pray with her. She had to sing to me. She had to share her testimony. She had to do all of that. God was going to be glorified out of this one. And I had to meet her at the very end. So that was that Friday the 17th. So as I was preparing to get ready for this upcoming week, this Monday, I then get a text message Sunday night that effective the 17th, I had to, you know, like my last day would have been the 17th because financially some things have happened and my job had to end. My role had to end. I did not cry. 
I wasn't upset. I wasn't sad. I just knew, Lord, this is why I was here for the two and a half months that I was here. Or let's just say actually two whole months, February 17th to April 17th, March 8th, two months. And in the moment of me feeling so imprisoned, I felt like, oh God, the days are so long. What is the, oh my God, I'm dying. I felt so like, oh God, this is painful. (laughs) It was so painful. I'm very serious. But it was just two months, 60 days. And what made that imprisonment so empowering was what happened on April 17th, 2020, when I spoke to that young lady and she struggles with anxiety and some of the, some other things that have kept her from really very intelligent, very brilliant young woman. And to know that she was going to end her life because of circumstances and felt like I can't and I won't because I've got things I got to do and I kept speaking that God kept speaking to her you've got things you got to do you made it this far because there are people just like you that got to hear that it's okay we will stand together God our our savior our most the most high God so the imprisonment that I felt was for someone else to be empowered and in the midst of in the midst of me empowering I too am empowered just by the gift that God had given her to sing to empower me in that moment only to find out two days later that my job had ended. So I hope that if there's anyone that listens to this, if you are currently in a situation where you are feeling very imprisoned because of the facts of life, because of circumstances, just because how do I say no to something when people are depending on me? How do I say no to being imprisoned when I haven't done my part? How do I say no to being imprisoned when I am fearful if I say no that what comes after that? When God is ready for you to move forward or to move from one area to the next, whether you try to hold on for dear life, if he's ready, he's ready. If it's time, it's time. But my hope is that you will find the empower that you will find that in the imprisonment there is an empowerment empowered imprisonment there an intangible empowering took place on April 17th and I will never forget that I will even write it down because I haven't written it down yet but I wanted to share though you may feel like you are alone in this you're not alone in any fight even if there are no people near you by, you can understand it. You are never alone. God is with you every step of the way. Now, if you allow him to be the God in your life, that is awesome because that's how you can take control of it if you give it to him. But if you haven't allowed him to, to be the God in your life, if you have not allowed him to take control of the situation because it's out of your control, then I offer you this opportunity to, in your own space, say, God, help me to relinquish the hold and allow you to be the God of my life. I, I, I do pray that you can come into my heart. Send your son, Jesus, to please come into my heart. I accept what you've done for me. You sent your son to die on the cross for the sins of the entire world. It is a free gift, an intangible gift that no one can ever take away. So if you have never given your heart to Christ this is, there's always an opportunity if you, if you have breath in your, in your life. And if you have breath in your lungs, there's, it's never too late to say, I cannot live this life alone. Even if I don't have people with me on the left and the right, like that I can hold their hands. 
I know the God who created me, who is your creator. He can't, he is your father. If you give him that right, if you allow him to come into your life. So that is what I leave with you today. What I felt in the very beginning when I, when I was given this opportunity and God opened up the door, he intervened and yes, he intervened. And I thank God for my husband. I thank God for everybody that prayed, spoke into my life and I was empowered. The empowerment turned into imprisonment, but then the imprisonment finished off back to, to the beginning. It finished off being fully empowered by the power of God. Don't feel like you're alone. There's your, your imprisonment, the imprisonment, I won't say your, the imprisonment in your life is not in vain. Many before us have been imprisoned are, from, from the very beginning of time, right? Slaves, the, you would think of the Israelites and, and, and how they were enslaved and all of the, the our African-American community, how our blacks were enslaved, our, our Africans were enslaved. And then you have other nations and cultures enslaved, and there's always a story that we tend to hear at the end of it, that how someone rose up from that, right? Going back to even Harriet Tubman, the fight that came with, I will not be enslaved anymore. I have the freedom to, to do and to walk and to at least, you know, die fighting or die trying. There's something in the imprisonment that will empower you that no one will ever be able to take from you. And it may be intangible, appreciate it, or it may be tangible, and it may be both, it may be tangible and intangible, who knows, but don't get sidetracked, keep your eyes on the prize, your, God is, God is your everything, he should be your everything, he should be your go-to, because he knows exactly the end from the beginning, and your life is so important to his, so be encouraged, I know this is a long message, but I had to share it. And I pray for all of each and every one of you that hears this. I pray that everyone that is walking today and and within this time that we're living in in our nation, that you will not allow the the um, I don't want to say the depression, but you won't allow um, the sadness that's coming from this time, or or just allow the the news and allow the information to sadden, deepen you, and or or get you to a place of just depression. Um, that you don't feel like there's a way out. There's always a way out. Start saying thank you. Just start thanking God for everything that you have. Start looking at the things from where you started to where you are now. Even if the, the road was so tumultuous, you're still here. Even if you still, I have no job right now, but I have no reason to not be thankful because of just knowing that I have a, I have a, a spot, I have a place, I have a story, I have a testimony, I have a lot of things that I didn't have before today. So I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be grateful. And then when, when you turn on that thank you button, when you start to thank God and think of all the great things, something happens on the inside. This burst of, of fire will come from the inside. The more you start to say thank you, the more fire that comes from the inside that takes you to another realm that you don't even know what happens. And it starts to erase all of the sad and, and, and um, dimming moments in your life. It starts to enlighten and brighten and illuminate that thank you area, that thank you room, that thank you spot, that just thank you, God. Just start to thank him. And I can promise you, it ain't just going to be done for me. It's going to be done for everybody that chooses to do it. 
you will see you will you will see God work and act in that very space where you are in. Okay? So take this, be empowered, be encouraged. Do not allow what's going on around you or in this world or the news that you may listen to all day long that you probably should probably turn off. Do not allow that to darken and dampen your spirit. Be the light, be a light. And if you don't even know what that is, you don't even know how to start, you don't even know where to start and begin. Start and begin by, I don't know, opening up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, go to the internet, Okay. Go to John 3, 16. Go to anywhere in the Bible that you could, that you want to go to from the old to the new. You have two books that you can go to and just pick one book and just read from that first chapter to the end of that chapter. And, and, and hopefully there'd be a zeal that would come over you, right? That would want you to read more and go more and go further and go deeper and ask God for understanding and ask him for knowledge and wisdom as you read so that you're not just reading something in vain, that you're reading it with the idea that there's something in this is going to apply to you. The, the word of God is so relevant. It's relevant in 2020. It's, re- it's the same, you know, he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He does not change. We change. We evolve. We, we change from finicky folk to, to, Thankful folk, back to finicky. We just, we just are. We're human beings, right? But one thing that you know is that you can train yourself to say, no, I will not take in something that's going to muddy up, muddy me up on the inside. So pour in things, pour in things on the inside of you that are going to help you to grow and to elevate. I'm not saying that there's not going to be um, thoughts that come in and out. Absolutely. We're living in a, in a world where we're still people. But, but. It's what you put in. That's what you put in. That's what that is. What is important? What you put into your heart, what you put into your mind, what you allow to take over is the important thing. And if you don't know how not to ask God for help, he will help you. He's a very he's a living God. OK, so I hope this empowered imprisonment conversation has encouraged you to a place that you will take um, that you will take uh, a, like stock in your own life that you will invest in your life and you or you will continue to invest and you will reinvest and continue to reinvest and invest and invest and invest invest in your life to be able to help invest into someone else's and be empowered just by seeing someone else empowered it and i'll end with this it empowered me in that moment to hear how this young lady was so thankful that she, she was spoken into that she hadn't been spoken into like that in a very long time it empowered me because I was like, God, I feel like in that moment, I have no reason to complain and I have no reason to not be thankful. This young lady was so thankful to the point of tears that she ended up blessing me with her song. So empower, be empowered to empower, be encouraged to encourage. We can do all, we can do this together. Okay. I know I don't know any of you, but I love each and every one of you. And um, I pray that God will just bless you today and continue to bless you and continue to bless your families and will help you in your time of need. But also just continue to be the father that he's always been and that you would allow him to be, allow him to be the father that takes over and not always having to have control over everything and treating people like you want to be treated. Sow those seeds.
Much love, grace and peace to each and every one of you. Love and peace. And from my place to yours, the next time I get on here, be blessed. Thank you.